Hey, brewery lovers. Welcome back to another episode of the DC Beer Show. This is Richard Fawal. I am here with Mike Stein. Hello, Richard, and hello to our beery friends out there in Beerland. Uh, so as you know, we're doing this new uh, new way we're doing the DC Beer Show. Mike and I are going to talk a little bit about the uh, news in the brewing world, uh, both in DC and, and a little larger. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the events coming up in the next week. And then the last half of the episode is going to be me and my pal Adam uh, and the second half of our conversation with Paul Dean, the executive director of the DC Brewers Guild. So, Mike, tell me, what's going on in the great big world of breweries? I will absolutely tell you what's going on. We had a huge news week last week in terms of national beer news, so we're going to turn towards those events first and then focus more on local news. Uh, In terms of national news, the Brewers Association's Craft Beer Conference kicks off. Uh, So hello to everybody listening in Colorado. Uh, We want to give a shout-out to our local Brewers Association board members and committee members, uh, Melissa Romano of the Lake Ann Brewhouse, Kevin Blodger out of Union in Baltimore, Julie Verratti from Denizens, uh, and to all the homies out in Colorado doing their thing. We hope you have a safe and useful and uh, fantastic conference. And getting back into sort of uh, national news and even international news, it was a super busy week for beer with news from all over the world. Stone Brewing's executive chairman and co-founder Greg Cook wrote last week, Today we announce we are transferring the ownership of the Stone Brewing World Bistro and Gardens Berlin facility to our friends at BrewDog. BrewDog has agreed to adopt what we've built, and they will make it their own, end quote. So Stone's $29 million facility, a good grip less than its $75 million facility in Richmond, Virginia, is now in BrewDog's hands. A percentage of Avery Brewing Company was purchased by Mao San Miguel and Founders Brewing. Mao is Spain's leading beer brand who began brewing in 1891. Back in 1891, uh, D.C. was just getting into the lager boom, and uh, they're one of Spain's, uh, according to them, their leading beer brand. So according to Brewbound, the site Brewbound, Quote, announced today, Mao, along with founders, will purchase a 40% stake in Avery Brewing for an undisclosed sum. The newly acquired stake will be combined with Mao's original 30% minority interest in Avery that was purchased in early 2018. There's more news coming from Brewbound. Quote, Oregon's Ninkasi Brewing has sold a majority stake to Legacy Breweries, Inc., an upstart venture led by former Yakima Chief CEO Don Bryant that aims to acquire U.S. craft breweries, end quote. So, a lot of news coming. It's not unprecedented in terms of a move for a brewery to become a combination of breweries. Um, there's good insight from Good Beer Hunting's Brian Roth, who writes, quote, three of the top ten Brewers Association-defined craft brewing companies, Duvel, Mortgat, Gambrinus, and Canarchy, are combinations of multiple breweries. Long story short, growth is hard, and there are different ways to do it. Speaking of Canarchy, a company that owns many breweries you might be familiar with, like Oscar Blues and Cigar City, which we're seeing now in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, the D.C. metro, Mm -hmm. I've heard from a beer buyer, one of my my spies, and keeping my ear to the grindstone, he tells me he can't keep Oscar Blues' wild basin spiked seltzer in stock. Really? And we also know from Brian Roth and Good Beer Hunting that spiked seltzer is the new sliced bread. Wow. Uh, And so it's just really interesting. I hope everybody goes and buys local beer because it's better for the economy than what Thrillist calls boozy LaCroix. (laughs) Right. Like I 
think that's a little weird. Is Spike Seltzer beer? Join no. us on the podcast, no. Existential Questions. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, in terms of going from the national to the local, on Friday, Stone Rep, local Stone Brewing Rep Mike Harbin was at the Right Proper Brew Pub brewing with Bobby Bump. What were they brewing? They were brewing Soust, a mm. beer originally brewed in 2017. It was a tri-collaboration between the Pendruid uh, Brewery out in Sperryville, Virginia, Right Proper, and Stone. So Stone's, you know, uh, making international news, but in terms of local news, they're going to have a tasty beverage that's available at the Right Proper Brew Pub not too long from now. Um, and so that's is that the Brew Pub or the they will they this will be available at the Brew Pub. I believe the original one was released at the production facility, right. and you know. The brothers Carney, Van Lane yeah. and Jennings Carney from Penn Druid, are in a psych rock band called Pontiac. Ah. And they just wrapped up a tour where they were in uh, Franconia and Prague, and they had a very beery adventure over in Europe. You know, the, the three country boys from the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia <laughs> out rocking, rocking the European world. Um, and so in terms of local news, uh, DC Beer correspondent Greg Parnas writes to tell me, uh, the Maryland Craft Beer Modernization Act passed. Uh, he covered woohoo! He covered that last week, but this is news. This is new news. It significantly expands limits for taproom sales, production limits for microbreweries, and expands hours for farm breweries. And there's more things Greg will cover next week. He's also going to do some legislative updates from Virginia and D.C. But even while we sleep, the beer world grows. The yeast cells eat. Fermentation <laughs> happens as the beer world turns. So um, keep your eye on dcbeer.com, and we'll provide you with ongoing updates. Now, what's the big news from dcbeer.com? The biggest of big news. How could I miss this? Longtime editor Bill DeBon is riding off into the sunset. Oh, he will be missed. He's a tall man on a short horse. (laughs) And we just wanted to say a fond farewell to you, Bill DeBon, who is very deserving of a proper send-off. So long, farewell, and we'll see you soon, Bill. Enjoy the beer, buddy. You deserve it. All right. Let's talk about what's happening this coming week. Let's do a quick calendar. Uh, it's a slow week as we start to move into the spring and early summer season. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff coming down the pike, but this week we're going to focus just on three events happening. So Thursday, that's tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, April 10th, when it comes out. Thursday, April 14th. Church Key, Blue Jacket, The Sovereign, and The Partisan kick off the D.C. Easter Keg Hunt. That's right, a craft beer-themed scavenger hunt across the district. It lasts from Thursday the 11th through Sunday the 14th of April. You can get uh, everything you need to play the game at either Church Key, Blue Jacket, The Sovereign, or The Partisan. Run all over town, find the beers on the list, and uh, you can win some great prizes. That's all from our friends at Neighborhood Restaurant Group, the D.C. Easter Keg Hunt. Then on Saturday, April 13th, uh, I'm really looking forward to this one, Silver Branch is releasing their Glass Castle Czech Pilsner. That is their flagship Pilsner. It hasn't been released yet. And anybody who knows Christian Lakey and the work that he's done knows that that man can make a good Pilsner. I'm really particularly excited about this because, of course, as uh, as you may – oh, actually, you may not know. Silver Branch serves their Pilsners from original imported from, Czech, from the Czech Republic Czech Pilsner Towers. 
Uh, I think that it's the only place in town you can find these things. And they serve their pilsners in very traditional ways. So you can get them. I can't say the chicken. Yeah, you can get the mleko, mielko, the milk Mielk. pour, yep. which is about 90% foam and 10% beer. Yep. That's uh, sort of like a digestif. And if you're a pilsner expert, you know there are several different pours with the uh, side tap tower, the side faucet that yeah. they invested in. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic. I was uh, there just yesterday and uh, enjoyed a lovely half pour. I don't know the check word for it, but it's a nice way, you know, and they serve the pilsners in like traditional mugs, check, yeah. full mugs. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's just a great way to enjoy uh, a locally made pilsner in a very traditional it's way. It's great to see Silver Branch embracing the Czech beer culture. Um, we've seen now a little bit um, with some Czech dark lagers popping up around town. I believe Atlas Brew Works actually had one. And so it's great to see the Americans embracing this uh, Czech beer culture, which was here in the U.S., but largely pre-prohibition, so before 1920. Uh, yeah. I should say I, I'm a bit of a, a Czech beer nerd because my father was born in Prague, the golden city. And of course, Pilsner is the golden drink. It is. And, uh, you know, Pilsner is a combination of uh, uh, Czech hops and and barley, but, uh, you know, Moravian malt and Bohemian hops. So it's a unity that no authoritative regime could ever forge better than beer, right? Politics (laughs) divides, beer unites. Beer unites. uh, To steal from Jeff Allworth. So sorry, Jeff, at least I I sourced you. Yes, of course. (laughs) So yeah, that's Saturday. The 13th of April, Silver Branch's Glass Castle Czech Pilsner release. They're opening at 10 a.m., so it'll be available starting at 10 a.m. And then the last event we want to talk about this week is, of course, uh, Tuesday Brews Day at Kramer Books every Tuesday where they have 18 different beers on half price starting at 7 p.m., dollar wings. That's every Tuesday, uh, and that is a D.C. beer co-sponsored event. So, yes, indeed. Keep keep the DuPont area buzzing. Yep. Keep, keep some wings or some uh, some veggie fare in your belly as well as some nice beer from Kramer Books. And yeah, with, and with 18 different beers that you can get uh, at half price. Like, that's a great selection and a great price. So, Tuesday night, the 16th at 7 p.m. at Kramer Books in DuPont Circle. That's it for the events. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll cut now to me and Adam and the second half of our conversation with Paul Dean of the D.C. Brewers Guild. Cheers, Richard. Thanks, Mike. Uh, We visit a lot of breweries, Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, Virginia, you have to deal with a lot of localities and their specific rules as well as, as the state. And Maryland, pretty much it's all controlled by the state. Right. Even though the localities can try to get things changed. So, I mean, I guess that's a big difference between D.C. and the surrounding jurisdictions where all you have here is the Yeah, the, the D.C. Council, council is uh, sort of the be-all, end-all. And, uh, you know, of course, when we work with ABRA and some of the other uh, departments, uh, we met with Christy Whitfield uh, just this last week who runs the Department of uh, Small Business Development, um, a great friend to the brewing industry as well and, and, and really looks to help us uh, promote our brand. But, yeah, it's uh, it's been good. And, you know, we also have the unique position where we can more easily get involved in, in federal issues. You know, Congress has their say, whether it be the excise taxes or tariffs or, you know, some of those issues that really kind of affect the industry. Um, we work very closely with the Brewers Association, the, the, our sort of national parent organization who helps us out. And we try to help them out when we can if we 
can be helpful getting in touch uh, or visiting members of Congress. There's a big legislative issue this year in the tax package that passed a couple of years back. Now, um, there was a, uh, a tax recalibration, as it's called, that uh, essentially small independent craft brewers don't pay quite as much excise tax as some of the, the bigger players on the scene. Um, but that was a temporary initiative that's set to sunset at the end of this year. Uh, there's been some legislation introduced to either extend that, uh, that tax recalibration. I call it a tax credit, but the <laughs> tax break. No, uh, uh, recalibration to uh, to uh, to make that uh, either make that permanent or extend it because it's a uh, you know it's a crucial uh, it's a crucial thing that really helps existing breweries grow. The tax savings are reinvested to to help them make their business more stable and to invest in their business, which creates jobs and all those kind of great things. So we're. Uh, we're involved in that as well. Excellent. Now, I know like in Maryland, they have several different classifications that you can fall in as a brewery. Mm -hmm. And that can determine, well, how much can you sell on site and other activities you can do. Is that the same thing in D.C.? It's not it quite as rigid. Um, okay. Really, the classifications are if you're a production brewery, you have a certain license. If you're a brew pub, uh, that's a different license, and then your, you know, your, your really the other classification of license is a retailer. So we really aren't, I don't believe, um, stringently defined uh, as far okay. as size goes. Who's ready for a beer? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Good. Well, I've brought some samples here. Um, I think right now we're drinking from uh, Three Stars. Uh, this is called Two for the Dome, uh, an excellent, uh, uh, excellent uh, choice uh, yeah. for, for anyone who's interested. Thanks yeah, for your I patience, always, listeners. I always enjoy yes. Two for the Dome when exactly. we go to Three Stars. Um, I've got one here from our allied member up in uh, Silver Springs, uh, Denison's Brewery. Uh, it's a Southside IPA, which is uh, which is quite delicious. Love the Southside. What else do we have? I brought a. Uh, is that the Chazwazer? Yeah, it's the <laughs> double Chazwazer. Ooh, from, a double uh, Chazwazer. Double Chazwazer from Hellbender, which is really uh, a great beer. That uh, if you're looking for a good kick to your beverage, yeah. That's good. That's, didn't we try that when we were over there? We did. Yeah. That's a good one. Right. Yeah. So uh, I actually had – I went to my refrigerator before I came here to try to uh, get a, a wider selection and realized that my neighbors had come and raided my refrigerator <laughs> once again. Um, my neighbors who are all jealous of my job. Um often come over and uh, like to sample the goods, so to speak, from different, uh, different breweries. Um, but I had uh, – I, I believe I had some Atlas in the fridge. So how excited are you about Atlas opening up a new location down by the ballpark? Well, that's that's going to be exciting. Um, that's going to be uh, another uh, opportunity for, uh, for, for us to extend our, our brand in that area. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the production breweries in, in particular are located fairly far uh, in the, you know, kind of northern reaches. Yeah. Uh, of the district, uh, which makes sense because that's really where the manufacturing space is available. Um, so to, to to be able to sort of get out to a more sort of uh, dense part of the city where there's a lot more foot traffic, there's a lot more opportunity for people to be able to get 
uh, get some good beer down by the ballpark. And really, I think it'll help create really what's already happening there, which is, uh, you know, around the ballpark and uh, the wharf and things like that. That'll really complement well. Um, and you have Blue Jacket already down there. You have the Gordon Beer Shit uh, Navy Yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so you'll be able to, uh, you know, go down and do a little mini brew, brew tour, so to speak, uh, before or after the ball game or really yeah. any other time. So. So I think that it'll be a, a nice uh, welcome uh, addition well, it's, to the. It's community. nice to see the breweries expanding with between Atlases, you know, announcing they're doing a new facility down by the ballpark. Three Stars is, you know, yeah, sort of finally opening up their new is, beer uh, hall, be um, uh, which is I'm really excited about. That's a couple of months away, isn't it? Yeah, um, very soon, very soon. So you know, and we, like we like we've mentioned. Uh, uh, Red Bear opening, so mm-hmm. it's there's there's still a lot of growth happening in the district uh, with respect to breweries and craft brewing. Is there anything else you know of that's coming on that folks might want to know about that you can talk about? Not, uh, well, there are there are certainly a few people out there that are looking into uh, opening a brewery in Washington D.C. I would say the folks that I've talked to uh, at this point in time don't seem to be very far down the line. Mm-hmm. So early stages uh, for so them. Early stages. So I'd hate to, uh, I'd hate to mention any names to to or get anyone too excited about something that's really in the early developmental stages. But there are still people. There are there are people who are still talking about it. Yeah, and, and there's, there's still interest in. There's definitely interest. And do you do you think that there's that there's room for more in the district? I, I or are we getting know, close to saturation? I I don't think so. You know. A lot of these breweries, you know, it depends on their model. I mean, is, are they breweries that really want to be a, a more of a production and, right. and really produce uh, for sale um, out at the supermarkets uh, and beyond districts' borders? Mm-hmm. You know, those take quite a bit more space. But as far sure. as sort of the the smaller breweries and the brew pubs and, and things like that, I think there's plenty of room for more. I mean, if you look at the BA statistics. Um, you know, one of the statistics that they put out is sort of density, uh, sort of breweries per population, mm-hmm. and we're we're still sort of on the low side of that number. Um, so breweries per capita is per, it's still pretty low in the district. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think the districts could certainly uh, uh, use and and support uh, a few more of those. Um, you know, so great. Certainly brew pubs. Which, yeah, you know. Uh, well, it's interesting. We were talking to there. Bill Madden a few yeah. weeks ago, and and his take, you know, and he's been around for mm-hmm. decades, um, doing a great job. But his take is that sort of regional brewery, you know, large production brewery is a lot harder now yeah. than it was, you know, three, yeah. four, five years ago. But that the uh, the the brew pub or the sort of local micro, micro brew yeah. neighborhood focused. Uh, kind of places are are really you know there's still a lot of room mm-hmm. for them for them to come in and 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 there's a lot of neighborhoods uh, and it's it's interesting one of the things that we've seen in talking to breweries all over the region um, and even well outside of of sort of the DC metro area is that move toward sort of neighborhood focused microbreweries uh, that aren't really as focused on sort of big distribution but are sort of want to be the place that people in the neighborhood come. Right. Um, so uh, there are plenty of neighborhoods in D.C. that don't have a place like that yet. Right. So. Right. No, absolutely. I would I would agree with that that assessment. Um, uh, you know, th- those 
those neighborhood breweries are, are really becoming very popular. I mean, if you can walk down and get a fresh beer and the tap rooms, uh, you know, all of our, our breweries uh, have done a, a really nice job of building very comfortable, inviting tap rooms, having lots of events, uh, you know, whether it's beer yoga, you know. At, uh, That's a really popular thing that I or, do not comprehend. Yeah, uh, <laughs> people love it. Uh, yeah. You know, walks, runs, uh, or, you know, go down to Atlas and catch a, a metal show, mm-hmm. if you like. You know, it's, uh, there's uh, really a... a just uh, you know, a lot of creative ways to draw people into the breweries, and people seem to enjoy the the, the friendly atmosphere, and and uh, you know, again, be able to walk down and get a fresh beer and you know, do all that kind of stuff. Try so a little Chazwazer, double Chazwazer. Yeah. Woo. Now we don't mess around, you know. No single Chazwazer nope. for uh, for us today. All right. Well, Adam. You got any tier questions? <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with the DC Brewers Guild? I mean, I know you're a lawyer in your day life. I, I am. I, actually, I'm probably more of the DC Beer Guild in my day life and a lawyer in my <laughs> spare time. Um, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've always been a beer fan um, and uh, enthusiast uh, of the industry, so to speak. And uh, I was looking for about a year ago. Um, I was kind of looking for a career shift. Um, I'd spent uh, uh, about 20 years uh, in uh, government relations uh, as a lobbyist, uh, as a government affairs manager for a trade association. And, uh, you know, to me, that had kind of run its course, I guess. And so I was kind of out there. I, I was a consultant that had my own practice. And was looking to kind of jump back into things and and kind of kickstart a a career that was uh, just had kind of grown stale for me. And uh, I was literally sitting around one day uh, looking through some job postings and I came across this. I was like, wow, you know what? I have experience with policy and government affairs. I have, um, you know, experience with association management. And I really like beer. Uh, <laughs> I really love beer. So, uh, so this uh, this might be a good fit. So, uh, you know, on a lark, I threw my uh, threw my resume in. Literally, my tagline was just uh, the first sentence of my cover letter was "I love beer" in big bold letters, <laughs> and uh, that seemed to catch their eye. And uh, so, uh, started the interview process and was fortunate enough to be hired and how long have you been on the job now uh just about nine months i guess oh, so right. yeah i just started uh, at the end of last may Excellent. Uh, so i'm still still learning still still uh, getting my feet wet a little bit but uh you know it's it's a wonderful industry it's full of just uh fantastic people that uh are are laid back but also you know great entrepreneurs uh, right. great great business people who who take their craft seriously um are dedicated you know, I'm I'm constantly amazed at sort of how open the brewing industry is, and caring. I mean, the the charitable work that uh, our brewers are involved in on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I mean, all of them are constantly donating beer or or, or partnering for for great causes. Um, you know, I mean, during the last government shutdown, they had the the free beer program um, that, was, that, that was, was running great. everywhere. Yeah. Um, 
you know, people supporting the uh, Sierra Nevada sponsored uh, cause. Yeah. What was that the called? Fire victims out there. The beer uh, everybody brewed, the Sierra Nevada beer. Yeah, I can't remember what it was the, called uh, now. Resi- like, resolution? No. Something? Something. Anyway, yeah, y'all all but, y'all y'all have all heard of anyways, it, uh, but yeah, um, like that kind of stuff is yeah, fantastic. I, I should know this too, but <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, resilience, I, resilience, yeah, yes, that's what it was, yeah. resilience, resolution, resilience. That was close, yeah. um, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know they really are 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 folks that that really take pride in in giving back to the community and being part of the community, and uh, that's uh, what I've really found refreshing and, and, and remarkable about this group. It really is, as somebody who, who shares a lot of similarities with your background, um, working in government relations, working with trade associations, mm-hmm. the, the level of, of community um, yeah. within these businesses, which are, who are essentially competing with one another. I right. mean, all of these brewers are essentially competing at some level with one another, and yet they come together uh, and work really well together and are so uh, – it's such, it's such a strong community. Yeah. I, just uh, a little anecdote. My, my assistant, who helps us organize uh, scheduling for, for guests on the show and for all the other podcasts that I produce, actually lives in Boise, Idaho. Really? And she told me the other day she she does sort of the first pass of listening to these episodes and, and writing show notes. And so she's heard every episode of the DC Beer Show that we've ever done. She, she told me specifically the other day, first of all, how jealous she is that we have so much great beer here. Yeah. <laughs> she does not have access to the kind of breweries we have in Surprising Boise. Surprising be, be, uh, being from out in the West. Yeah, it has uh, a reputation of being sort of the craft yeah. beer uh, central. But she also mentioned how, you know, in listening to us talk to breweries and folks in the brewing community so much, how, how amazing it is to hear the level of support that every, every brewery we talk to has for other breweries mm-hmm. in the community. Yeah. Um, and 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 I didn't realize how rare it I mean, it's just you sort of get when you're when you're in it all the time, it just sort of feels natural. But yep. to hear somebody who's outside of it sort of say, wow, that's that's really amazing, like reminded me of just what a great community we have. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to tell us about what's going on in D.C. and D.C. beer with the Guild? Um, anything our listeners should know? Well, you know, I think that kind of covers the basis. Uh, I'm excited to hear about your new website launch and uh, yep. look forward to our continued partnership. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, that's, uh, you know, certainly something that I think will, will benefit the community, the beer drinking community out there. And uh, no, I just uh, encourage all, all the folks that are listening out there to patronize your, your local brewing establishments, you know, drink local and mm-hmm. – uh, and uh, the the future is bright, and uh, we really uh, we we just uh, we're an enthusiastic group that are and so moving can, forward. Where can people go if they want to become an enthusiast member of the DC Brewers Guild? DCBG.org. All right. Uh, click under the become a member link, and again for seventy five dollars. Uh, you know, you get a lot of great stuff, but at the end of the day, you're supporting the, the local drinking community, the beer drinking community, uh, and the brewing community, and uh, that's uh, that's what it's all about. And you know, it gives you a great opportunity to to really get up close and personal with all the folks that are uh, brewers. You know, we have monthly all member meetups. Uh, nice. For instance, uh, we had one at Three Stars um, last month. Where you know we had uh, it's an opportunity for our business members to interact with our our brewers. But uh, our enthusiast members can just come and, and hang out with the, the folks that make their 
favorite beers. So it's a really kind of a neat opportunity that people really enjoy. And have a very unique opportunity. Well, listen, Paul, thank, thank you. you so much for joining the Brew Daddies on the DC Beer Show. We really appreciate your coming out. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having us, and uh, everyone have a great day. All right. Well, uh, to all you listeners out there, be sure to subscribe to the DC Beer Show. You can find us online at dcbeer.com. Just click on the DC Beer Show link there. And remember, always drink great beer. I did that all wrong, didn't I? (laughs) You did. Shit. You meant to say always drink great locally (laughs) brewed independent craft beer. Independent union craft beer. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody.